Today you're going to hear a conversation with the host of M. Black Writes. It's a fantastic podcast, one I found when I was looking for others who are doing similar podcasts to what I'm trying to create. McKenna has stylistically different approach to art from what I am trying to create. We have different tastes. I don't think that we've read more than maybe a half dozen of the same novels. And that's so exciting because what I'm bringing to you today is a conversation that has more similarity to it than difference. It's hard to fathom another art where two people with such different approaches could agree on so much. There's a couple of topics I want to touch on just to prepare you as you listen to this episode. If you've never read as a child the book Mrs. Frisbee and the Rats of Nim, we have a brief conversation on this book. Neither of us exactly remembers the specifics or the details of it, but it was a jumping off point for McKenna to write some of her earliest works. And essentially, it falls into so many of the beloved children's books that we all read when we were young. It's the misunderstood colony of rats trying to make a life for themselves among farmers and men. One other thing I wanted to talk about that I think is helpful for writers is a concept that McKenna brings up toward the end of the podcast called backwards design. It's something that she uses in teaching. She's a kindergarten teacher. Backwards design really imagines the end and works in reverse to get to the beginning. It's a feature she did not use in the story that she's going to tell you today, but one that she wishes she might have. And it's a great tip. If you are a writer, listen in closely when we start talking about backwards design, because it can help you to be more effective and do less work to get where you want to go. For the rest of the episode, please enjoy my conversation with McKenna Black. Welcome to Create Collaborate, the show for creative writers aspiring to publish their first book. My name's Jody Sperling, and I'm determined to help you whether you self-publish or storm the gated walls of agents and editors. Today, we'll hear from another aspiring author who's bringing a killer story to the community for a shot at publication. So you and I met through the podcasting world. You have M Black Rights podcast. So I want to start out actually with what inspired you to do it because it's a unique podcast. I've done a, a pretty deep dive and uh, you seem to have figured out your target audience really quickly and you're speaking to them. What was the inspiration? How did it come about? So it's funny that you actually say that because I feel like in this world of trying to promote yourself on social media, they're always telling you that you need to find your niche. And I don't necessarily feel like I have found my niche. So it's funny that you view it that way because I feel like I have a hard time deciding who my target audience is and what I want and who I want to say it to because I feel like I do a lot of different things. So I'm I'm actually happy to I'm actually happy to hear you say that, hear it from somebody else's viewpoint because I guess I'm being a little more harsh on myself. I started writing when I was very young. My mom gave me my first journal when I was in kindergarten. 
and I'm actually a kindergarten teacher now. What I was writing in my journal as a kindergartner really just blows me away. <laughs> um, I could write circles around any kindergarten student that I have ever taught personally. Yeah. And that sounds terrible and it sounds a little bit self-obsessed, but but it's true. And I never understood that until I became a kindergarten teacher and I went back and I looked at my journal and I was mm. just like, holy crap. And I've always loved books. I've always loved to read. I love to be read too, but that wasn't enough for me. I wanted to create stories. So I did. And I was always putting together little books, writing them and illustrating them. And at one point, my cousin and I actually started a pen pal magazine. So she lived about five hours away from me. I would create a magazine for her, complete with a cover and crossword puzzles, articles, stories, even advertisements, just the whole works. And I would send it off in the mail. And then she would create the next edition and send it back to me. That is and so cool. Yeah. And I, I also like as a kid with my friends, it seemed like I always was wanting to start these little clubs, like <laughs> different random type of clubs for different things. And I have this memory of um, at one point, me and my friends had started a spy club because I guess <laughs> we thought we were going to be spies in training or something. And I remember just heading up a newsletter for that club and writing all these little articles and tips and choosing a spy of the month and things like that. Then I kind of graduated to the point where I had fully decided that I wanted to grow up and be an author. Mm -hmm. And I started writing and illustrating chapter books on my family's like old boxy Dell desktop, like on Microsoft Word. Ah, yes. The nostalgia. <laughs> and I remember, I remember two that I wrote. There may have been others, but I clearly remember two. The first one that I started was heavily inspired by the book, The Rats of Nim. So it was kind of the same concept, except for that it was with dogs and <laughs> <laughs> really original, right? Yeah. So um, I, I had all of these characters, all of these little dogs, and and I would draw these detailed pictures of them and, and make little notes about who they were and what their skills were and whatnot. And, and I started putting together this chapter book about these dogs. And I don't remember what it was called. I just remember that the project, the inspiration. Yeah. 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 But then, um, I really got swept into the middle girl, middle school girl phase mm -hmm. where, you know, my, my favorite color was hot pink and I couldn't go two minutes without putting on lip gloss. Like I was really in it. Yeah. Um, but I didn't stop writing and all of this super girly stuff just ended up being reflected in my writing. And I started this other chapter book and it was called click, click, boom, click being spelled C L I Q U E like. A wow. And the antagonist was this really mean girl. And at the end of the book, she had food explode on her in the lunchroom. Ah, <laughs> she got her, she got hers in the end. Right. And I, I illustrated pictures for it. And I remember <laughs> I, I scanned them onto my computer and I embedded them into the word document and everything. It was, it was a whole production. High tech. Right. Now, really quickly, um, I, unless I'm just completely botching the title, isn't there that new film based on the the play called Tick, Tick, Boom with Andrew Garfield? Uh, 
I have no idea. You've got to go look that up. So I believe it's called Tick, Tick, Boom. Somebody listening right now, if that's the wrong title, they're like, oh, he's such a moron. I get titles wrong all the time. I'm notorious for it. But uh, it's a great, actually, it's a great film. It's fairly new. I think Andrew Garfield is uh, up for an Oscar for it. Um, so that just adds another layer of, of craziness to the whole thing. And, and so in short, it may serve as kind of an interesting background or um, pinch point for, for the conversation because that whole movie is about an artist who's striving to have their breakthrough work. Um, so, oh. yeah. But anyways, cool. okay. So you've got click, click, boom. And the, the antagonist gets her uh, what's coming to her at the end of the book. Where do we go from there? Right. So, so then I, you know, I got into high school and, and I became so involved with other things. I, I had a job and I had a boyfriend and I had all these extracurricular activities that my writing really only appeared in my journal or mm-hmm. for school assignments for a long time. Okay. Um, I also had a brief stint writing for the school paper, Ooh, but nice. I disliked the, the journalism teacher. Mm. So I didn't, I, I didn't stick with it. I think I did it for one semester and that is. And then I- such a powerful warning you're a teacher so it hits home for you as well but it's a powerful warning to teachers like don't teach if you don't love it and you don't care about the kids because i've had um, seen my kids kind of being beat down by a bad teacher and i remember um, kind of losing passion for something because of a teacher who didn't care right and and that's actually funny that you say that because yeah i did grow up to become a teacher but I didn't necessarily like all my teachers. Like I had a few teachers during my life who I really, really liked, but most of them I didn't really, Mm -hmm. didn't really like. Same, same. From high school, I I went on to college and I ended up taking a creative writing class. And I thought I had this great idea for a novel. And I started writing it chapter by chapter and turning it in for my assignments for the class. Nice. Uh, and in the end, I had to do a final project. And I, what I did is I actually ended up roping my little sisters and my now sister-in-law, who was just then my boyfriend's little sister, into filming a movie trailer for the novel. Wow. <laughs> and, and I turned that in as my final project and I had to present it. And I got a really good grade and all the people in my class yeah loved it but I go back and watch it and I laugh at how <laughs> horribly produced it was it's it's so funny yeah. I think it's still on YouTube somewhere um oh nice I'm, but, I'm gonna do a deep dive and that's gonna be linked <laughs> into the podcast and show notes so just be prepared oh goodness <laughs> um, and then that novel didn't really pan out and it, it wasn't really going anywhere. So mm. I kind of just dropped it. And yeah. I think that's because I was just, I was trying too hard and it was, it was too forced and it okay. wasn't, just wasn't what I wanted. Yeah. And, and then I got married and I was going to school to become a teacher, but I still wanted to write. And mm-hmm. I remember lying in bed at night, just trying to will the plot of a novel to come to me. <laughs> and I, I kept a notebook under my bed and, and I would write ideas down. But once again, it was just like, I was trying too hard to do something that wasn't me. So mm-hmm. none of the ideas were, were sticking. And I remember uh, one day I was watching a writer who had self-published a book, a YouTube video of hers, and she was giving advice. And, and a lot of her advice was 
garbage because mm. uh, she's she was just pumping out self-help books for money so I can't remember the exact quote but it was something along the lines of write what you know and write what you like hmm. okay and that was just kind of a turning point for me and I realized in that moment that everything I had ever tried to write hadn't worked out because I wasn't trying to write about things that I liked. And I wasn't trying to write about things that I really even knew that much about. I was, I was writing what I thought was going to be, I guess, marketable to okay. eventual readers, if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. That's, I think that that's such a relatable struggle for a lot of people. And there's so many different ways to interpret that piece of information. I, I think I've been hearing that some kind of spin of that basic idea of write what you know for as long as I've been a conscious writer. Uh, and the way that I've always internalized it has upset me a little bit because for example, I, the, the novel I'm working on right now is two detectives. I've never been a detective, but I've read right. a, a lot of detective novels and mm -hmm. watch plenty of movies in that genre. And so I, I have mm -hmm. this kind of sense of what I'm going for. And then I lean on research to get me there. But what yes. you're talking about is a different interpretation. You were actually trying to perform outside of your strengths in order right. to fit like a certain identity. And that's a really, right. that's a fresh way for me to see that particular advice. Right. Exactly. That's a, exactly what you're saying is, is how I was feeling. And I just had that realization. So I sat down with a piece of paper and I remember I, I drew a line down the middle and on one side I wrote, what do I know? And on the other side I wrote, what do I like? And an hour later I had an idea for the novel that I'm currently working on awesome. and, and it feels good and it feels right. And it feels like me. So now I'm finally coming back around to the question of how did I start this podcast? And, yeah. and you might be thinking, why are you wasting all this time on your podcast when you could just be finishing your novel? That's definitely but not what I'm thinking. And it's, <laughs> it's one of the best, it's one of the best things about having you on the podcast. Cause you get to play double duty a little bit today. And that yeah. another part of my show is going into how do we actually get ourselves published? Because there's mm -hmm. a certain point when you cross a threshold and you've got the novel and it's a perfect manuscript and an agent wants it, but nobody will buy it because you yeah. have seven followers who like right. you and they're all your yeah. family. So anyways, yeah. that's kind of a spoiler, but you get to talk about like doing these two things to build yourself into a position where this great novel that you have will actually find a readership, but go ahead. Right. I, I, I stole the microphone. So I think I needed a way to start putting my writing out there and sharing my talents before finishing and publishing my novel. I think I needed it for a lot of reasons. Yeah. One, to give me a confidence boost, to show me that there are people out there who will enjoy my writing style and who would be interested in reading my book. Mm. And I think it, I think it gives me a little bit of insurance that finishing my novel wouldn't be in vain. Yeah. That makes sense. Of course. And, and I, I don't have any aspirations to be a bestseller. I don't, okay. I don't look at my writing as something to really capitalize on even. Hmm. I, I don't personally believe that 
you have to make money from your creative endeavors to make them worth your time. Yeah. I don't buy into that. And, and for me, where like, I already have a career, you know, yeah. I'm a teacher that to me, like, that's my career. That's my job. And, and this is, I guess, kind of something else. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily want to call it a hobby, mm. but, but it's something else. It's, it's not a job, but it's something else, if that makes sense. And um, even though I don't want to, even though I have no lofty goals to be a bestseller, I do at least want a handful of people to read it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, that, and that's all I need. Some people to read it and to escape from reality, to experience the little world that I created. But I also think that one of the most important reasons I needed to create my podcast and share my writing was to build relationships with my future readers. You don't get that often with authors, I think. No. Authors, for the most part, are pretty removed from the people consuming their content. Yeah. It's not like it's not like your favorite actor who you can see and hear and and read about online. It's not the same. Yep. Authors are usually just a name in some chunky writing on the front of your book. And sure, yeah. you can, you can look at the picture in the back of the book and read their little bio. But do you? Mm-hmm. I feel like most books I read, I I don't. I don't. I don't go back there and and care to know who the author is. Um, and it's it's such a contrived picture in the first place. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And and it's just not the same. You don't you don't get their personality and their essence yeah. from that. Right. So when I do eventually publish my book. I'm going to be happy knowing that my friends are reading it. People who know Mm -hmm. me, who have been with me during this whole process, joked with me, supported me, cheered me on. Those are going to be my readers. And that's a good feeling. Yeah. And I also think too, this has just been a little bit of a byproduct of this whole process that I didn't intend or realize when I started, but I've grown so much as a person since starting my Mm -hmm. podcast. I've met new people. I've learned from them. I've made new friends. I've gained an abundance of confidence that I did not have in myself before. And most importantly, I've learned how to just be unapologetically myself. Yeah. That's really cool. That, I mean, that doesn't have to be the way that it is either because you can get in front of a microphone. In fact, this happens to me more often than I want to admit, but I get in front of a microphone and think too much about what the listener is um, how they're perceiving what I'm saying. And right. so that can sometimes make me less myself, but I, mm-hmm. I, I have to, I have to edit all of that content and get rid of it because right. I know it's not good the second I listen to it. So that's encouraging mm-hmm. to hear you say that you feel like the, the end result is you being more you through the process. Right. And it probably is an affirmation that you're doing the right thing. I, I hope so. But I mean, it's not like I'm just completely unafraid to put whatever I want out there in the world. I definitely... Right. I record things and I think, oh, no, 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 I can't, I can't put that on yeah. my episode and I delete it, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I still do that stuff, but I have come so far. Like, I don't think if you would have asked me 10 years ago or, or even five years ago, mm. I, I don't know that I would have seen myself doing something like this. I, I, if, if somebody would have told me that this is what I would, would have been doing, I would have said, no, I'm not. I would never do that. If I had a dollar for every time that I made an abrupt transition just like that, 
I'd probably have at least $10. Um, but anyways, let's transition over to the story that you're here to tell. The story I want to talk about is a story that I actually started writing specifically for my podcast. And this was done very collaboratively with my listeners. Awesome. So I had offered up a bonus episode to my listeners if they could meet a certain type of goal. And at, at this point, I'm, I'm, it's out of my brain. I don't even remember what the goal was, but there was some goal that I, that I wanted to meet and, and they helped me achieve that goal. And I had promised them that I would, I would do a mini episode if they met that goal, which they did. And I had decided that for this mini bonus episode, I wanted to do a choose your own adventure type story. Do you remember those? Yes. And I love it. I think it's uh, really fun. Yeah. So I, I kind of went back and forth on how I would do that in, in audio form, mm-hmm. like on a pot. How do you do that? Because you don't have pages. You can't just say, okay, turn, turn to this page if you right. want to do that. So I kind of toyed with the idea of like, well, I could, I could pay attention to what the minutes and the seconds were and they could skip ahead and skip forward, but that was going to just be a mess probably. Mm-hmm. So what, what I ended up doing is I put a lot of questions up on my Instagram story full of options of how this story is going to go and what yeah. it's going to be about. And, and so my listeners chose all the important parts of this story. Um, and what they ended up deciding was that they wanted it to be a, and sorry to disappoint you, it's not just about regular humans which most of <laughs> most of my writing is, is. exactly yeah that's so and I, was, I, I was really only trying to assure you that if it was it was very much welcome <laughs> so it, so what they what they decided was they wanted it to be a magical mystery okay so i kind of went ahead with that and then i i caught it i started uh, kind of outlining what i what the what i thought the story would be like um, but with options, right? Because they needed to have some options to choose from. And, and I put those options up on my Instagram story again, and, and they chose the way that the story would go. And then I started writing it, hmm. but it was supposed to be a mini episode. Most of my episodes are an hour long. Mm-hmm. I was yep. planning this to be a half hour, a half mm-hmm. hour episode. And then I started writing it yeah. and there was no way, there was no way that that's how it was going to go. There was no way for me to do all the things that I had let them choose yeah. and get it done within a half an hour. So I, I did the first initial episode and then I was like, okay, I'm going to do one more and I'll finish it in the next episode. Mm. And that didn't, and that didn't happen. And <laughs> all of my listeners are still waiting for part three. Part three is the ending and, awesome. and they're, they're all still waiting for it. And and I really probably should get on it and and get it out there, but they're all kind of like hanging in suspense. So. Yeah. So what's happening right now? Um, you may not even realize this, but in real life, we're having a George R. R. Martin moment because you know he writes all of his Game of Thrones series, doesn't write the last novel, and then HBO, I think it is that I, I've never watched Confession. I've never watched, but anyways, 
I know from hearing everybody and all of the, the craziness that he ended up not finishing the novel before HBO finished their version of what the ending was going to be. Now, I'm not actually saying you're going to spoil your story or anything, but oh you're telling goodness. you're telling this story right now when you haven't actually put it out for your listeners. You're right. You're right. So I hope I hope I don't spoil anything because I'm I mean, it's been a while since I've listened to the episodes, so yeah. I'm not quite remembering what I've actually already put out there and yeah. what it's still just waiting to be recorded. So let me tell you about the story. Yes. Um, the main character and and it's it's written it's written a little differently because it's supposed to be a choose your own adventure story. Mm-hmm. So the main character is you. It always just refers to you. Yeah. As the it's classic. Character. It's classic. Yeah. Um but then there it's so with, let me tell you the title. The title of it is The Vanishing of Jen Sibley. So there is this woman and her name is Jen Sibley. And the main character, you, is a sorceress. And she is kind of friends with Jen Sibley, but not really. She's kind of she's using her. She's using her for for her own reasons and kind of pretending to be her friend. But, but in reality, she's, she's doing things to sabotage Jen's life. But, but Jen, Jen has no idea about this. And, and Jen is this very like sweet, like loves everyone, loves children, just this very lighthearted character. And um, what starts happening is the town that Jen lives in everybody kind of starts turning against her Mm. and she doesn't understand why everyone is, is turning against her. And then one day she goes missing and the main character, you has no idea where she went, but she needs, she needs Jen for certain reasons. So she's doing everything she can to try to find Jen. Where did Jen go? Um, and she ends up finding out that that Jen has kind of entered into the magical world and been taken away to a place that the main character used to used to live. And so she goes, the main character goes there um, to find her and and discovers things that are shocking to her and she maybe isn't the only one who has been sabotaging things a little bit. So. Okay. Okay. So the main character, and this is just for, for me, because sometimes I'm a little bit slow. MC can be you. Um, The main character is also you, the reader. Is that correct? Right. But also she's female. So if you're reading and you're you're a male then you're just going to embody a female which is totally fine you're just gonna have to view yourself as a female so it it never um the story never places a name on the main character Mm -hmm. always refers to the main character as you but the main character is female okay so i guess i want to say first off I have toyed with the idea of somehow trying to write an adult version of a choose your own adventure for a long time. Um, I didn't even read a ton of them when I was a kid. I think I maybe read like a half dozen. And I was that, that kid who had to read every possible outcome. Like I, I had to know how it could have gone had I done every choice. And so those things took me forever too to read. And they would get like 
Oh, anyways, um, they're amazing. And so I applaud you for, for writing this because it's got to be really, really difficult. And I don't know what restrictions you're putting on yourself or what limitations, but, uh, it's such a, it's a, a really cool exercise to develop into a full-blown book. Um, right. as far as how, how do you conceive of it being on the page? Is it going to be that kind of classic feel of like turn to page 87 when you eventually publish it? Or have you thought about what it looks like on the, the printed format? I don't know that I've really, I don't know that I've really thought ahead that far. I don't think it would be long enough to be a novel. I think it would end up being a novella. Okay. Um, and the way that I've written it so far, it, it wouldn't work out to, to do the whole turn, turn to this page or, yeah. or turn to that page, because I haven't written it that way. I've, I've written it as one cohesive story based okay. off of what was already predetermined by my listeners beforehand. Yeah. So you, you get the, the full immersive experience only by listening to your podcast, but then you get a really compelling, well-written novella about an adventure that was chosen by your listeners. Right. But I mean, there also is the possibility that in the end, if I ever did publish it, I could, I could stray from what I did on the podcast and add more. I could add yeah. the options. I could write out all the avenues. I could have the turn to this page type thing. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of possibilities that could yeah. happen. So, so the, the way that I've thought of this before, and this is your story, I'm just sharing with you because I don't know that everybody had, uh, carries these choose your own adventures with them into adulthood. It's kind of a thing you did at a certain period of time. And if you didn't interact with them when you were a certain age, you probably don't feel real affection for them. Now, the way that I've thought about it is if you could create it so that no matter what happened, you experienced the whole book. If everything was fate, like you had to experience the thing, but you could experience it sooner. And then it would cause you to go like in a different order. That would be really cool. I also think it would be tremendously difficult to conceive yeah. of a plot that could twist, but land no matter what. Right. I, I think that would be really difficult too. Yeah, so. And I think, <laughs> I think I, as I started writing this, I, I definitely made some mistakes along hmm. the way. I'm going to refer back to kind of like some teacher, like education lingo. So when when you're planning a lesson or you're planning a unit or whatever mm -hmm. um, there's this term that they use called backwards design so mm -hmm. you know where the kids need to get to mm -hmm. start with that and then you plan everything backwards from from there mm -hmm. and my failure with this story is that <laughs> i did not do backwards design with okay. this story i just i just started writing wrote enough to do a half an hour mini episode, wrote a little bit more. And now I'm like, I'm nearing the end. I'm almost to the end. And I have this idea of how I want it to be, but, but there's already two, two portions of this out there. I can't change yeah. anything that already happened. So right. I really am like stuck within these certain parameters yeah. that I've, that I've set for myself. So, or you blow the whole thing up and decide that right in the middle of it, you're going to do a choose your own adventure and you, you, you instill like, or install a completely different uh, adventure for them to go on. I'm not saying that's the case. I, I love that idea because you're getting at the heart of a question I have all the time. And that is um, 
do you outline and not not you specifically you uh in the plural do you outline and if so what does it serve and it sounds like in your situation an outline would have really helped because it would have at least ensured that you made it to the end um that said i've never outlined anything in my entire life and that may be the reason why i'm where i'm at (laughs) (laughs) i uh I just lost my train of thought. I don't know. I was, there's something I was going to say. And you were I just talking it. about being, you're pinned down by the two parts that you've already released that are already there. Um, and Charles Dickens feels for you as well. Cause he wrote, <laughs> he, he wrote for a, a serial newspaper and had to have a piece out before he knew quite what was going to happen. Um, so you're in good company. What are you going to do? What's your plan for this, this third part and what struggles are you uh, running into? So I've had it, I've had it almost finished for so many months. And I think it's just kind of something that's like hanging over my head a little. And I feel this sense of dread about it. So I keep putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. My intentions were clear back in October, I was going to release the end because it's, you know, it's about a sorceress. It's about a witch. It would make sense. Like the finale comes out in October, but obviously (laughs) October came and passed a long time ago. I still have not done it. Um, But I almost... I almost kind of like the idea because you you mentioned earlier that I could just blow the whole thing up and, and mm-hmm. do a choose your own. I, I'm kind of my, the wheels are turning now since you <laughs> said that. I could yeah. I I could release two two separate endings as two different episodes. Yes. Absolutely. So they yeah. can choose which ending they want to hear. That's actually that's actually a good idea. So maybe I'll do that. I don't there you I go. don't I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I um, it, it's also interesting because you you hit on a couple of things, and um, I, I am counting on a few people to have listened and picked it up. But you talked about you're having something similar to writer's block, and I have a, a radical belief that there's really no such thing as writer's block. There's only bad choices, and so right. essentially, like as you're writing. Uh, your your story gives you a moment or an opportunity to go in one of several directions and uh-huh. something in your mind tells you like oh it'd be really cool if the story went this direction but then the other part of your mind is saying like yeah but the character wouldn't actually do that and still uh-huh. you make that that choice and you go down that road and then the story starts to just get clunkier and clunkier and clunkier until you're like i don't know how to get out of this predicament i'm in Right. And you, you, you reference saying like, you're having dread at finishing the story. And and a lot of times dread for me is indicative of, whoops, I went, I traveled the wrong road for a sec. I got to go back and figure out where I made the mistake. That's not always the case, but you know, generally speaking, it's a good indicator for me that, that I, I turned down the road that I wasn't supposed to. I recently had to cut 96 pages out of the, the novel I'm working on for Uh-oh. being so stubborn. Yeah. I, I knew it. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. It was oh my gosh. That's nauseating. Right. No, but it's it's exactly what you're saying though. And the issue is that like I said, I have backed myself into this corner <laughs> now. And then and I just I'm just gonna have to work with what I've got and yeah. and finish it. Yeah. And the and the great thing is too though, I had this conversation online this week with a gentleman who's working on a novel. And he, he said he stepped away for a year because he couldn't figure out how to get his book from point A to point B. Um, and so I, I, it was kind of vague. And I asked him a question. I said, well, why, like, uh, do you want to give more 
information on why you got stuck. Cause he, he announced like, I'm unstuck. I finally figured it out. My writer's block is gone. And he told him, told, told me that um, somebody from the community reached out and said, why, why does this person have to be the one to like seek the trouble? Why can trouble not come to them? And usually you don't want to do that with your story. Usually you want your main character to be the one who's making the trouble. It's more interesting if they're the one doing things instead of having things done to them. But for him, he had to break a rule to get out of the situation. And I mean, I haven't read it. I don't know if it actually worked, but it seems to have worked for him. And so I love that about writing is that any rule that you make, it's there just to be broken. Yeah, that's, I love that take. It's it's really something to think about. (laughs) Sorry, I've taken over. Um, No, you are totally fine. Go ahead and I guess talk with me through, you said you don't necessarily want to be uh, a, a full-time or a celebrity author or a bestseller or anything like that. What is, what is the relationship that you'd like to have after you publish it? Is it, do you want to continue writing books or do you see this as being occasionally something will come to you and you'll develop it as it goes? I'm sort of interested because I think, well, yeah, answer that question first and then I'll ask the next one. No, I absolutely want to continue writing. I actually, so the novel that I'm working on right now, um, is going to be a part of a trilogy. Gotcha. So I have I have very loose ideas of what the other two books are. I already have titles for them. I have um, kind of just a whole arc of where I think this entire story is going to go. So I absolutely do want to continue writing after publishing the, the first novel. Mm-hmm. And then if it, if it, uh, exceeded all of your greatest expectations, uh, is there a point where you're like, Hey, I love, I love teaching kindergarten, but, uh, this is, this is something bigger, or do you feel like kindergarten is exactly where you're supposed to be? And that career that you have is really satisfying. It is very satisfying. And I honestly, I don't ever see myself not being a teacher. Like yeah. I definitely view myself going all the way to retirement and then, and then some probably, you know, yeah. if, if I'm, I mean, it's not that far away. I, I started teaching when I was pretty young, so I will be just in my fifties by the time I hit when I could retire. And I, yeah. I doubt that I will. I think, I think that I'll probably continue going, but you never know. Life is long and yeah. who knows, who knows what can happen. And, and if I did somehow like, strike it rich with this novel or whatever. Maybe, maybe I would take a step step back from, yeah. from teaching, but, but my heart is really in it. And, and people are quitting the education field mm-hmm. all the time. People yeah. are dropping like flies, like the statistics are, and they tell you this when you go to college, most people who become teachers quit within the first five years. I'm yeah. on my sixth. I'm on my sixth year. So I have broken out of that statistic. But um, the reason I'm saying this is because there's not a lot of people who feel like they can hack it as yeah. a teacher. There's not a lot of people who are invested enough in it that they want to continue it. And mm. where I am and I love the kids, I feel like I would be doing a disservice to 
my community if I quit teaching, if that makes sense. Of course that makes sense. It's, it's a, a uncommon answer for somebody with uh, the kind of aspirations that you have to publish at the level that you want to publish. Like you said, not necessarily bestseller, but you've tackled, I think, two of the biggest pillars of getting published and doing so uh, in, in a meaningful way by building your community through the podcast and then by writing your work. So those two things are already taken care of for you. And it's going to make number three, finding uh, an agent and editor, a real breeze. You're not going to have a hard time when you go out to do that because you're going to have killer work. You know how to edit, you know how to write a story, you know how to pace, you know when something's right, you know when it's wrong. So you know your book's going to be good when it's ready to go. And you're going to have this community and be able to say to the agent, hey, I have X number of listeners who interact with me on X platform every single week. And that's like, that's gold. You've taken care of their job for them. They're going to love you. So I think it's a cool position for you to be in that you're juggling, I think, three career balls at the same time. There are people like the Kardashians who make a living off of influencing. Right. So um, that's just one of those things. And you're doing three. Well, I'm, I'm glad that you have so much confidence in me <laughs> because I don't know if I have the same. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I talk to and see a lot of writers at different phases of the journey and, and you're, you're crushing it as far as that goes. Um, one thing I do want to talk with you about is as far as the novella goes, uh, the vanishing of Jen Sively, is it aimed at a certain age range or like, how do you, how do you view it? in terms of the audience. Right. That's something kind of going back to what we were talking about at the beginning of this episode, how I have a really hard time pinning down who is my target? What is, what is my target? Because I feel like, (laughs) I feel like my writing style is I write for adults, but it feels like your favorite chapter book that you read as a kid if that makes sense like it's it I don't I don't really go into really dark themes or use a lot of I don't know how to word it like aggressive language or Mm -hmm. or anything like that it's all very soft and um like with my podcast I definitely might hint around to more adult thing themes and I, I do occasionally use some swear words and things but so I I guess my target audience is is adults, but I just don't know exactly what my genre would be or what or who necessarily it's for, if that yeah. makes sense. Which which is which is one thing that I probably should work on. Yeah. Well, I think I think it's clear and you and I have had some back and forth uh not on this podcast. And I've also listened to some of your podcasts. I think it's clear that you can eliminate a few people from your audience. And that's probably an easy way to start figuring out where your niche really lies. Um, my experience, and this is, this is just, I could be way out of left field. So please don't, don't take this for anything more than what I'm saying. My experience of, of your work is that you're going to find a lot of success in the, uh, I would say YA area kind of like I think of um who wrote Catching Fire and the Hunger Games Suzanne Collins Suzanne Collins you're going to find you're going to find a lot of success in that area from what I've uh taken in from your work uh and and I think actually this The Vanishing of Jen Sibley has that feeling to me as well and that's great because 
this is what I always think about when I think about a niche is you have to know who you're talking to and -hmm. talk specifically to them. And if you do it really well, then you're going to appeal to a much broader audience. So I've read the hunger games and I really liked it. I hated the ending, but I really liked the concept and it was so well-written that, you know, I loved it. And I read it uh, six months ago. So it works for an adult male as well as it works for a young adult. But if Suzanne Collins didn't have her ideal audience in mind, she would have missed Mm -hmm. the boat entirely. Yeah, you're right. And I, and I think I would have to agree with you. I'd probably fall somewhere in the YA genre and, and which isn't surprising to me because that's what I like to read most of the time. I really struggle with books that are just targeted at adults because I don't, I don't enjoy a lot of, um, darker themes or crass language and stuff when I'm, when I'm reading, it just, it just doesn't, it doesn't hit home for me, I guess. So, so I think I would agree with you. So I'm I'm just going to take a stab here. Is there a sense, do you feel, do you feel less authentic or do you feel less real? Are you going back into that place right now where you don't want to write what you know, you want to write what you think you're expected to write? Cause I, I feel like you're hesitating when you say that you maybe are more YA instead of embracing it? Um, I don't necessarily know that it's that. I think it's okay. just that I ca- haven't quite, I just haven't quite figured out, figured myself out yet. Like yeah. I'm still kind of in the, in the process of, of what I, what I really want. Yeah. That makes, that makes perfect sense. Uh, and if it weren't for, it was before YA was, was a, a term terminology, but I mean, the, the Chronicles of Narnia, um, oh, I love Chronicles of Narnia. <laughs> yeah, they're amazing books, and they would definitely be called YA today. Then um, Madeline Langle writes A Wrinkle in Time, that whole book series. I adored those books, and those would be YA as well. So those are some of the ones that got me thinking, like, this is what I want to do for my life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. There's definitely some of the same books that you mentioned are what made me want to be an author. Um, so I think we're about ready to land. I'm going to link your show in my show notes, but I want you to take again, an opportunity to grab and reach out to as many of uh, my listeners as you can and let them know where they can find you. Okay. If you're interested in listening to my work, I have a podcast called M Black Rights Podcast. It's available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, the two main places. And it's it's available pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcasts. But I always recommend people who are going to listen to my podcast to also follow me on Instagram because you're not getting the full M Black Rights experience if you're not also following me on Instagram. My Instagram is dot black rights. That's my Instagram handle. You can find me there. And that's it. That's basically the two places where, where you're going to hear me and see me. Awesome. Now at the very beginning of the show, I called you McKenna. Am I pronouncing your name correctly? Yes, you are. Okay. So then I was, I was going to ask why the choice to go M black rights out of curiosity. Right. And I, I actually was prepared to, to answer this. So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm so glad that you asked me. So my name is McKenna Black. On my podcast, I go by M Black mm-hmm. because if I ever do one day publish something, that's the author name that I want to go by. Gotcha. Okay. Let me, let me give you a little bit of a description. So I'm from Utah mm-hmm. and 
my parents spelled my name in a very Utah-ish way. <laughs> yeah. We have a lot of babies here in Utah and there's only so many names to go around, I guess. So, <laughs> so everyone, everyone's always competing to see who can have the most unique sounding or uniquely spelled name. And my name has a Y right in the middle of it right in the place where most people would probably put an E. And although I like the way that it looks on paper and I can't imagine my name being spelled any other way, it's just a part of me. It has caused me a lot of grief throughout my life. <laughs> my, uh, my maiden name starts with an A followed by a D. And um, so I was always the first one on the roll. Like in any class that I ever went to, I was always the first, cause I live in a small town too. So I was always the first one on the roll and I had this like dread every time I would go to a new class, like I'd be sitting there waiting for them to completely butcher my name. <laughs> and it always happens. So, and I just don't want that to transfer into, into my writing. And I don't want people to be turned off from my books because they can't pronounce my name. Even though that sounds really petty, I feel like there are people out there who, who are that way and my and might maybe not want to read my works because they don't understand what my name is. Thanks for listening today. And remember, you should never feel bad for telling the truth. So get out there and write. And if you've got a killer story, apply to be a guest on our show. Email me at jodyjsperling at gmail.com or find me on Facebook, Jody J. Sperling. And hey... There's no point in telling stories if nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs>